Canadian Birth Stories podcast. Welcome. This podcast was created for us Canadians to listen to other Canadians' birth stories and their experience into parenthood. I really look forward to bringing you new episodes each week, and I hope that you are able to find lots of value in these beautiful stories shared on the show. I'm your host, Brittany, and thank you so much for being here. Today's episode is with Kathy. She, oh my gosh, I honestly cannot believe that we uh, managed to get this podcast into a reasonable sized episode. So she goes over her seven stories. Um, Her first two, she does go into a little bit of detail, but um, it's the Canadian ones that we seem to kind of go into more and more depth. over so um I guess when you have seven babies too trying to recall all the details from your first and your second as the years have passed um (laughs) I'm so glad that she was able to come on the show uh she was such a treat and I really hope that you loved this episode as much as I do and just a reminder if you enjoy listening to the show um I always love to hear some positive feedback some reviews um and it really just helps it get into other people um radar and other people can see and check it out and if you're interested in possibly sharing your story I would love for you to reach out on Instagram we can connect and chat all things birth so with that let's get into Kathy's story today Kathy thank you so much for joining on me today thank you for having me if you wanted to start, maybe tell us a little bit about um, your family and where you guys are from. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Okay, so I, my name is Catherine. I go by Kathy as well. Um, I am half Finnish, half Canadian, married to a Brit, and we've lived in Canada for now 11 years. Oh my and- gosh, that is amazing. We have seven children and we homeschool and have a very small scale homestead. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's busy. Oh, you guys are amazing. And you said that you've kind of been um, all over Canada, right? Yes. So three, about two and a half years ago, we moved to New Brunswick from BC. We lived um, in the greater Vancouver region area. We lived there for eight years. And we we sold everything and started a new here. Good for you guys. That is so awesome. And when you guys were thinking about your first, where were you at that time? So the first pregnancy, we were living in the UK and I had, we had our first two children in Helsinki, Finland at a birthing center. Oh, that's so amazing. And, um, did you, did you guys find, um, did you guys find, did you know much about, um, pregnancy and, um, the care like that they offer you guys in, in the UK? Okay. So no, Before. so I was my first pregnancy and I had, um, a hyperemesis, which was like severe pregnancy nausea and I was hospitalized over there and um the only thing I knew about pregnancy and birth not even birth actually just pregnancy was through the pregnancy magazines and I would that's where I got like all my information from 
And the midwives, so the midwives would, you know, be your care, uh, would be your primary care. In Europe, it's midwives. Midwives are like the pregnancy uh, caregivers. And they would, the best thing about UK was that they would come to your home and they would do the midwife visits at home and you didn't really have to leave your couch. They would take blood work and everything while you were sitting on your couch. And that was pretty much the only thing I knew about pregnancy. I didn't know much about birth. And we then we moved, I was just two months shy and we moved to Finland, Helsinki. And also in, in Finland, it's only midwives that take care of you. And uh, I think we went with my husband, we went once to a, uh, like a birth uh, class, you know, uh, provided by the midwives. And that was pretty much like my first time that I was like exposed to what birth might be like. And, and um, yeah, I, you know, I was really naive, like first time mom had no clue. You know, all I, all I knew is what, like, do what the midwives tell you and trust the midwives. And like, I, you know, I didn't research anything. I just like went with the flow, you know, like the midwifery care flow, very clinical. Um, you, you know, I, now looking back, oh my gosh, I would have done so many things differently, but, um, yep. <laughs> but I'm, you know, anyway, can't go back. Hindsight's and, always great after the fact, isn't it? <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, you know, like I was like 41 weeks pregnant, my waters broke, kind of trickled, you know, they gave me like a 12 hour ultimatum. Like, if you don't give birth in this, you know, this within this time frame, you have to come to the hospital, we'll have to put you on a drip. Um, you know, we have to get the baby out. And then you have to be on these antibiotics and the baby has to be on antibiotics. And, you know, like, and honestly, like it was like the best thing ever. I became a mother. I fell in love, you know, a love door open that I've never experienced before, but it was a horrible birth, birth experience. I thought I was going to die. Oh, um, no. you know, like I didn't have the counterbalancing hormones because I was induced. Um, you know, I had two failed epidurals, I was oh pushing for an hour and a half. I had like over a 10 pounder for my first baby. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> well, maybe we'll talk about um he your first his first story. Yeah. Did did your water break at home? Like how did labor start for him and how did that all kind of come about? So I just went for a walk and I just, you know, my water broke as in I had trick trickled, like it didn't really break break. And I called in the midwife academy. Um, and they just told me, okay, just observe and see how it goes. And if it, you know, here's your time frame. you have to come in after 12 hours. And then I just, you know, followed the instructions and I went in and they put me on a drip. Yeah. Like, and oxytocin. how did you find, Pardon? how did you find the drip? Did you, is that oh, something, I guess you didn't know much, right? So you probably were just kind of feeling whatever they were kind of saying. You were just kind of like, oh, yep, yeah, okay, that's what comes yeah. next kind of thing. Okay, yeah, okay, that's, this is how it goes, okay? You know, like mm -hmm. I had no clue what pretty much like what they were given to me, what that drip can do to you or to your baby. Like 
I was just following orders, really. Uh, and did you find mm-hmm. that the drip, did it work for you? How did, what happened once you kind of got to the hospital? Uh, so, like, it, I think my labor, t- it was like a 26, 31 hour labor, like from start to finish. So I, so I went to the hospital, I guess, in the evening. And then like 12 hours later, my son was born. But like... It was a very, very slow birthing experience. Um, you know, they would, you know, check you all the time and see if you're dilated. And it was just like disheartening because you think, you know, surely I'm like 10 at 10 right now. And they'd be like, no, you're at two, two and a half, three, three and a half. And it was just dragging. And I honestly thought I'm not going to make it. I, I was in, no one ever told me, you know, what I know now, like when you have a contraction, relax you know, they just taught us to relax in between con- contractions, right? Right. So when I had a contraction, I was like holding on to dear life. I was, um, I don't know, doing push-ups. I don't know what I was doing. Like I was, I was, <laughs> I was, I don't know what I was doing, but I was, you know, I, w- I went into a knot every time I had like a contraction. So it was like, fighting my uterus at the same time and just not getting any breaks in between those um, contractions, not having those, um, the counterbalancing hormones that I had, you know, anyway, so he was born and I fell in love, but of course I was in shock, you know, I was shaking. They put him on my chest. He, had his eyes open, looking straight at me. <laughs> you know, like, Hi, mom. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, why'd you wake me up? You know. And, and so, you know, it was the best thing ever. I was just so in love with this baby. I was just. I had all those hormones came, and my milk was a cream, and you know, like it was just thereafter. It was really good. But the birth, you know, it was my first one. I had nothing to compare to. I thought it was just normal until I had my other births and each birth was um I learned more like about my rights and what I wanted and definitely how my body was working how my body worked yeah Mm -hmm. and did you do you remember much um once he was born, like with your placenta and stuff like that, or was it kind of like you're in the first mom, first time kind of mindset and it was just kind of like, yep, the baby's here. And then just like, how'd you find breastfeeding and um, the placenta delivery? Do you remember much? I don't remember much about the placenta delivery. I just remember that because they had put him on antibiotics. We had to stay in the birth center for five days. And I had this, old midwife she was um because it was a midwife academy you know that midwife academy has been there like 200 years you know <laughs> like I had this lovely midwife and she was really old school and she's like keep the baby on your breast all the time all the time you know and so I had like success with that um but I don't remember much else about you know the placenta the birth you know I I him being 10 pounder for my first baby, I had three stitches. I think that was pretty miraculous. Like I, I didn't tear. Oh, um, that is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Did you find that you had um, 
um, any, if it was, you said you had birth trauma, did you find that you had to kind of process through that once he was born or was it not really until your next? My birth trauma actually didn't, didn't happen with my first one. My birth trauma happened with my number three and my number four, that when we were in Canada, when we were in Vancouver, like that. Oh my area. gosh, I'm excited to hear a little bit of the difference between. <laughs> and I hate that we're kind of like <laughs> rushing between, but um, it's definitely cool that you have all these different experiences and all these different places, I think. Yeah, so it was just, um, it was, yeah, I, 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 I just want to, there, like I had my first birth, which was really, really clinical. And then my last birth and everything in between. And I think during each birth, I, you know, like I'm an easily intimidated person. I, I'm cornered very easily. I would like to like build a backbone, you know, so I've had to learn through this, like after each pregnancy and birth like wait a minute like I need to stand up for myself and this is how I work and this is how my body works and this is what I want so yeah like um when I had when we had our second one that was also in Finland too I already knew what I wanted um and I knew that I didn't want um the um laugh uh what do you call it the air and gas gas and air what's Mm -hmm. the laughing gas nitrous oxide yeah (laughs) I knew I didn't want the epidurals and I didn't want any gravel or anything you know I just wanted to go natural with um, her and the birth center that um, we gave birth at with our first one too you know they they actually take your birth plan very seriously the midwives will write it down they will interview you and write it on your behalf and, um, but I didn't have a birth plan with my first one because I didn't know. And, um, but with my second one, I just knew I wanted to go all natural. You know, I, I just wanted to relax. I had read uh, a funky book about, uh, I don't believe in that book anymore, by the way. But <laughs> it was like, it was like, don't accept the pain, you know, you don't have to accept it, you know, and, and, uh, it actually just helped me relax and through each contraction and the midwives left you alone and we rode through the contractions. My husband was there. Um, I didn't have any doulas or anything, Um, but, you know, and then she came and the midwives weren't even prepared, you know, like I was crowning and they ran into the room and, um, and I delivered her and, you know, that's, that's pretty much it with her. Um, my second birth, there's not much else to it, except I failed pretty miserably. I wouldn't say I failed miserably, but I didn't have the support with the breastfeeding. And for some reason, I didn't keep her on my breast as much as I did with my first one. And my milk didn't come in properly. Um, I, I think I just took it for granted, like, I'll just produce the milk. But I actually had my firstborn on my breast for quite a bit, and for many days. And so, yeah, I just assumed that I was going to nurse her and things were going to go great. But that didn't happen. But otherwise, I have like really good memories about her birth. I don't remember what happened to the placenta. 
I know I didn't tear at all. And she was a fast birther. Or I was, you know, she came out really fast. So I hear second babies usually just come. I, I know my second was too. Like he just all of a sudden, boom. I was like, here's a baby. I didn't even have time to process it. I feel like it just <laughs> happened so quick. Yeah. And you said you, you know, that you, um, an assistant or something you said you mentioned yeah that. yeah he came so fast I didn't have enough time to um I called the midwife and she was on her way but he just yeah he was like under three hours so you know you're in labor denial I don't know if you ever had that with any of yours but you're kind of in denial and I was like oh Ooh, maybe you know I'm, I'm in la la land I was doing my hair doing my makeup and then my water broke and I was like you know like oh my gosh like I think this is really yeah. happening and um yeah. yeah he was he was born in the tub and you know there's so much beauty in um my third I did have my midwife there present um but with my second it was just like us you know and I was like what this is just uh it it was really my birth take back my second so I can definitely um relate to that when you have a tough few ones and then you go on to have one that's like grounding and it really makes you feel really powerful I think it's really special when you get that I was just so happy because I wasn't drugged with her. Right. Right. And so when she came out, I was just like over the moon, just so, um, I wasn't in a coma, you know, like a coma state. I don't right. know. <laughs> like just going with the motions. I yeah. was so excited to hold her. Um, actually, no, I have to, t- now I remember something. They did not give her to me right away. And oh, I no. remember being really upset about that. And I said, can I have my baby? And they're like, yes, yes. And they were they were pushing on my belly and, you know, doing the old school where they're like touching your uterus, like trying to like contract your uterus right. through your baby. And I just, I just remember like they were measuring her and weighing her. And I was asking like, no, I want her. Give me my baby. I remember I was getting pretty um, upset about that. But that's the only thing that, like a negative thing about her birth but other other than that I it was a it was a pleasant pleasant so then when you moved to Canada you guys decided um were you pregnant with a third when you had got here how did you kind of navigate through all that so we got pregnant like two weeks after we moved to Canada and uh and I did not know how things worked in BC. And I was assuming that it was just midwife academies or midwife clinics, just like in Europe. And, um, and then to my surprise, you know, I had to go through a hospital and they were going to sign like, well, you weren't signed a doctor, but like you were, there's like birth, birthing labor. What was it called? Pregnancy and birth unit where we were living at the hospital and you just have every appointment you had it happened to be a different doctor there was like 10 and you could get any of them right oh gosh so like you would have like it was like one practice with 10 different OBs you would see oh so you can't really build any kind of personal connection Mm. or anything did you find that tough very I was actually it was quite depressing um and, you know, we were pretty much new to the country. We didn't know anyone. We we're getting established. My husband was uh, working long hours. I was home with little kids. And I also had hyperemesis with the first three. Oh, no. I had it severely with my first one. And then um, 
if there's even such a case as like a thing like a mild hyperemesis. <clears throat> I had that with this two, the next two. So it was it was a very hard and testing time. But uh, yeah, I was very shocked the way they, you know, like how things went for pregnant women over there, how they were caring for pregnant women and how like the testing and there was this so much extra I feel like over here and when it came to like 38 weeks of gestation they would you know I had to look up what's this membrane sweeping that they're talking about never heard about oh it. that was never offered in the UK no or Finland no oh wow or Finland sorry yeah wow yeah. and uh yeah, I was just like, what is this stuff? Like, and I, I was like, no, thanks. Like, I, no, that just, it sounds weird and so forth. And then I actually, I was quite depressed during that uh, pregnancy. And I, there's this sweet lady that I uh, met and she was a doula and she offered her services for me to me for free because we couldn't afford it. And it was such a blessing in, um, I remember going into, I was in labor and I called ahead to tell them that this is my third and I think I'm in labor. I think this is it. I'm not sure, but I think this is it. And they <laughs> told me that surely it's your number three, you know, what, you know, if you're in labor and, you know, just come in when you feel like you need to come in, just call oh, ahead no. of time. And, and did you have a plan, um, going into pregnancy into birth what did you even though you were in a different healthcare system did you kind of still have a set idea of things you wanted in the flow you were hoping for yeah well I just I just wanted to be you know left alone I just want to be with my husband um I didn't want to be bothered I just knew that I just wanted to go to the hospital give birth this is just what I wanted to do in my head. Um, but the thing is that when we got to the hospital and what they do is they check you, right? They want to check you to see how far you are. Like I've learned so much from that. I am, I am a different person now, <laughs> my birth, but they want to check you. So I'm like, okay, check me. And I know I'm like full on labor, like this baby's coming soon. And they check me and they tell me you're only three centimeters. You should go home. And I look at my doula and I said, I can't go home. If I go home, I'm going to give birth in the car. And they're like, but you're not technically in labor, they were telling me. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, and my, if it wasn't for her, because I was so intimidated by this and I kind of, in a, uh, like a shell shock, you know, like, how can you tell me I'm not in labor? I'm in labor. And she said to the, the nurses that she, we're not going home. We're going to walk the hospital wall halls. And I was like, okay. And I was there with my husband, my doula and my aunt. And uh, basically I was laboring for an hour on those hospital hall chairs because they would not let me into the labor and delivery. Ward. So they wanted you to be a certain amount of centimeters yes. before they would give you a room all Yes. So, but I said, this is getting really unbearable. We have to go back. And they checked me again. And they're like, you're like four. And they said, we'll give you fine. We'll give you a bed. But if someone else comes, we have to like 
um, cause I was pleading with them, you know, and my doula was pleading with them. Like she really needs a bed. And they said, you know, if someone else comes, I'll have to like give that bed away. So are you okay with that? And I'm like, whatever, full on laboring. And I think I just managed to climb onto the bed. And then I yelled that the baby was coming. <gasps> wow. And you know what they did? The nurses, they did. They, um, they put my bed on a decline. I hope I'm saying this right. I, I basically pushed my baby out aiming at the ceiling. Oh, my goodness. They tried to stop me from, stop my baby from coming out, that they put my head down and my feet up because they, the doctor wasn't there. And they were, like, frantically, like, running around, taking whatever they were, plastic gloves or whatever they were trying to do, um, you know, calling the doctor. The doctor wasn't available. The baby came out in her sack. And I was literally birthing aiming at the ceiling. Wow. And yeah. did, did they, um, did they do much? Like, were they happy to let you have the baby right away? Like, did they still put the baby oh, right yeah. to you? So, yeah. so they, you know, gave the baby to me and because it was a natural birth in that sense I wasn't drugged I wasn't on a drip I wasn't you know on monitors anything so when she came out I wasn't just I was over the moon you know I was so happy to have her she was my biggest baby she was 11 pounds um my babies just kept getting bigger and, <laughs> and the placenta was so big that it didn't even fit into those trays you know they had to get the uh like a plastic bag that read personals or whatever. Amazing. You know, and and um, I just, you know, I was just so in love and so happy to have the baby out. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, man, I, I should have taken them to court, you know, like mm -hmm. that was a horrible thing. And actually I had, um, yeah, I was just like, this is wrong. Like, I was just so sad. I started processing it and I was like, that's, that's mean. That's really mean. I can't believe they did that to me. Um, and, and that kind of, she was my number three and I kind of, you know, made me think of, okay, what, cause we're open for more children. Like my husband and I, we, we are open for, you know, we want a big family. If, you know, if the father gives us a big family and, I knew that chances are we're going to get pregnant again and I have to give birth again. And so I don't want to go through that again, you know, mm -hmm. and it makes you think like, I don't know if I can go through another birth again because that really hurt me. You know, um, um, they don't listen to me. They don't take me seriously. I'm telling them I'm laboring. I'm telling them that I'm, you know, I'm in pain, I'm hurting, I would like something comfortable. I'm on these metal chairs in the hallway, middle of the night, I'm throwing up in a garbage can, you know, like, that's, that's mean. That's really mean. And I, I felt like I wasn't heard or seen. And I was just grouped as like, the graph says this, so you're a no, or the computer says this computer says no, you know, they weren't like 
listening to me as I'm an individual and this is how my body works. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And did you, so for your going into your fourth of course, probably did you feel nervous of that repeating itself? Did you know of home birth at the time? Like, did you, were you thinking of different ways or did your doula give no. you ideas? So I had more hope with my fourth one and I am, um, my, I had, I have had a home birth, but my fourth one was still a hospital birth, but I, I thought I'd take a different route and I'd go to this uh, community birth program. There was this thing that it was midwives. Um, it was like a healthcare clinic, but it had like a midwife and um, midwives like clinic and it was linked to the hospital. And I thought, okay, this is good. This is like, they're going to listen to me. This is my number four. Um, and I had hopes and I, I was, I was building up like more of what I knew what I want. And I was, but the thing with this clinic, I didn't have a set midwife. They had, you know, 10 midwives and you just got who happened to be on call. Right. Like, there wasn't, you weren't assigned to a team or anything. Um, so, uh, but I had, because I have big babies, they, they, um, one thing I know about Canada is they're very induction trigger happy over here. Um, the moment you're at like 40 weeks, they start talking about induction and, that was not my experience um, in Europe at all. And here it's like you have big babies and you're, I usually give birth between 41 and 42 weeks. Oh, so you, you, you're used to going a little bit Way late. past yeah. what they're expecting. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't like that. Right. And then they have to cover their, behinds by saying start going following a certain protocol right and they use lingo that can be very scary and they give you kind of like they want they make you they you think you're making choices but they've just given you two options that you have to choose from but actually you don't have to choose from those at all but they make you think like that those are your only options you know like um so they wanted me to take the uh, gestational diabetes test and I was borderline one my um, and they wanted to put me on insulin and I was just like, this is silly. Like I'm borderline. I'm not even like technically positive. And, and I remember having to fight like during my pregnancy it was all about that like fighting them and I'd come with my food diary and my I measure my sugars four times a day and they were perfect and I said see I can I can um handle like I can control this with diet and exercise and they're like yeah but we'd still feel really comfortable if you were on insulin and and then we'd like to schedule you in for us uh, induction because they would throw that they'd baby card at me that there's this high risk if you have diabetes that you're gonna have um stillbirth and and the, I just remember that being like the 
main conversation all the time, actually with number three until my latest number seven was always about you have many babies, you have big babies and there's a big chance that you're going to have a stillborn. And my joy was always robbed. Like the conversation was never like, you know, are you excited of having your baby and holding your baby? And what are your like, you know, are you looking forward to your birth? Once again, like I felt like I wasn't being heard and seen. And, you know, I'm there doing my due diligence, taking my blood sugars, um, doing what they want and controlling my blood sugars. And I just felt like I was just grouped again you know, a very clinical, like, but the graph says, this is what we need to do, or this is what the, um, you know, that they have to cover their um, behinds, that they have to follow the hospital protocol, you know, and like, there was not so much talk about the, um, like the hopes and the good things, you know, like, the appointments were always so negative and so heavy. And I just remember just crying about them after like crying my car after each appointment. And, and I was like, I don't, they're not going to listen to me. You know, I'm going to go there and say I'm in labor and they're not going to listen to me. And, and they would reassure me like, yes, this is your fourth one. We'll listen to you. You know what you're doing. You know what your body's doing. And I'm like, you know, I've heard that before. He, but yeah, I just, you know, I was just really dreading going, you know, giving birth. But anyway, I wasn't giving birth. Like I wasn't going into labor. That's what I mean. I was like past 41 weeks and they were really like wanting to induce me. Because it was so high risk or whatever. And I just knew I don't want to be induced. My first one was an induction and it hurt like heck. And the, um, you know, the ne the number two and number three didn't hurt bad I loved it you know and um I just knew I didn't want to be induced so I was pushing and pushing and they're like well when can we induce you like give us the time and if I would have known what I know now I'd have said never but like you know but I got 42 weeks 42 weeks I'll let you induce me and sure enough 42 weeks comes by and I'm like darn it and we go to the hospital and um and I had my same doula with me and I was really counting on her and um, to advocate for me like she did last time. And technically, we're still newbies in Canada, you know, and I still kind of felt like uh, a little bit of a like an outsider. And and I, I still had birth trauma and and or I was really worried about how this birth is going to go, especially if it's going to be induced. And I just remember uh, checking in waiting in a room with my husband for the nurse to come and check me and the doctor to sign off the induction or whatever, it, however it went. And I just remember just my husband and I were um, believers and we just said, we need to pray. We need to pray now. And, you know, we bowed our heads and we just hold, held each other and we just prayed as like, father, just let this birth start now. And as they were wheeling the drip into the room, I started laboring and I told them, yeah, I was like, uh, uh, hold off. Like, I think I'm in labor and they're like, no, it's okay. We could just put, you know, give you the drip and, 
And I'm like, no, like I'm in labor. So my doula was like, no, let's see how this is going to go. Because if she's in labor, she doesn't need the drip. And I happen to have like the worst midwife. I'm sorry if I don't know if I'm allowed to say that here, but it was she was awful. She didn't want me to labor um, naturally. And she kept pushing it and pushing it. And she said, just a few drops, just a few drops, because you're not progressing. And I just started laboring. And uh, I was like, I'm in labor. I'm having like contractions. And I, and, and I knew that my contractions are not, they don't go according to their books, you know, like my contractions are not, or my contractions are atypical, you know? Um, and my husband was like, yeah, this is how she births. Like when she's really close to giving birth, her contractions actually are like a more further apart and she falls asleep <laughs> and this is how I birth. And they're like, no, you know, like they're touching my belly and they're like, she's not even that hard when she has a contraction, like her belly's not even that hard. And, um, and they were uh, telling me that I wasn't, like that they should puncture my waters and they were just they were really getting into my head and my doula who should have been advocating for me was actually leaning towards what the midwife wanted and she actually said you know she really thinks you know it would be okay to puncture the water and get things going but I I actually did not need any intervention. I was actually laboring in and, but I'm so tired because I'm just trying to ride my contractions, even though I'm very quiet when I birth, like when I'm laboring, I don't say a boo. I don't say a beep, you know? So of course they don't think I'm laboring because I'm not, you know, hoo hoo ha heeing through my contractions, like they've been taught or whatever. I'm, I'm in this state where, you know, I could doze off any time and, but I am laboring, I'm in pain. And so while I'm laboring and trying to just focus and relax, I have a drip in my face. I have a nurse and a midwife telling me that I'm not progressing. And then I have a doula that dropped the ball. And, and I just, I, I was like, fine, whatever, break my waters. And they broke my waters. And, and then the midwife's like, you know, just, just a few drops of oxytocin would like get this over with. I think I was on my seventh hour, like whatever. And um, I just remember just being so tired. I was throwing up because that's how I deal with pain. And they gave me gravel and they're like, to stop you from throwing up. And that was, that was the first time I've ever heard of gravel or had gravel. And, uh, and um, I, I was at this state where I'm like, fine. Like, almost like, I was almost consenting to the drip, you know? And I just remember kind of starting to doze off. And my husband knew that she was like, I was very close and she was, he was trying to tell them that she's, she, this baby's going to be here soon. And, and sure enough, I turned over, I was in bed, but I wasn't, I was kind of half sitting in bed or whatever you call that. And, 
I just remember turning around and just saying the baby's come, like yelling the baby's crying. A cut wow. coming. Yeah. That's and amazing. I can't even believe that. That's crazy. Yeah. Sure enough, they they weren't prepared because they thought I wasn't progressing. I don't even think they were in the room and they rushed into the room and and I think what hurt most was that when I went to I'm just going to speed up a little bit for my first when I went took the baby to the clinic to get weighed and stuff like that I saw that midwife and I told her you know see I didn't need any intervention and she would not admit it and she said no I still had to puncture waters oh no yeah and that really hurt because I felt like there you have it number four you still don't listen no one listens to me no one believes me and I think that hurt more than the the third, like my third birth. I think that was, that really, um, yeah, scarred me a little bit. So. Oh, man. So then when you had your fifth, where were you then? You, you had changed from BC, right? No, no. I had number five still in BC. Oh, and you did? Yes. I switched uh, clinics. I went to a mid, I finally got in with the midwives. And I refused the gestational diabetes test. I said, I will monitor my blood sugars for you um, just to like make you, make you at ease, um, show you that. But um, how did yeah. you find it? Did you find you meshed with them better? Did you feel more confident going into labor under their yeah. care? Yeah. Yes. And of course they had to say all the things that they had to say to cover their behinds, like as midwives and being registered or, you know, under the Fraser healthcare. Um, but I was, I didn't have a doula. I had a photographer, photographer doula. Then I was actually back then I was doing, I had my business. I was placenta encapsulation specialist. Wow. And, that's amazing. Yeah. And so I was, I was, I had some connections with um, there was like birth talks and they were advocating for women and their births and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I met a lot of incredible women in different fields, like chiropractors, doulas, um, midwives, even, and just, I don't, you probably know who Gloria LeMay is. I, uh, before I was pregnant with well, I was pregnant with our fifth one. I, I was, I was, I hired Gloria LeMay to be my midwife, but I miscarried that pregnancy. Oh. Miscarried that baby. So, but when I got pregnant again with number five, I, um, I, I went to a different midwifery clinic and I, I just, I started like learning more and researching more and, and, um, yeah, it was still process. It was still very hard because I still had to fight the the clinical side of things, um, where they would say that you have big babies and um, okay, you're proven to you can give birth to big babies, but what if you can't? You know, what if this time you can't? You know, like they would say stuff like that. Um, but they were they were really actually supporting me to have a home birth. And they were like, you should try a home birth. And because I told them like, no one ever listens to me. No one ever, 
believes me when I say I'm in labor, they say they'll believe me. But then when it happens, no one believes me, you know, so Mm -hmm. you should have your baby at home. And I'm like, okay, all right. So I thought I'm going to have my baby at home. But it was an interesting time because I had my mother, father, brothers visiting from all over the world because we're scattered all over the world then. And they were visiting. We're having a family reunion at the same time. So I was hosting a couple of families in my home. And, but I was also very, very due with number five. And I was going to have a home birth. And that was very interesting because I thought, oh, my goodness, when I go into labor, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want any noise. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, sure enough, I had a home birth and it was. Did you end up going into labor when everyone was there? How did you kind of go yeah, into labor? At night, at night I went, <laughs> actually, I literally, I was laboring while I was do, uh, doing uh, a placenta, encapsulating a placenta. I had like so many clients that week and I thought, this is funny, like I'm literally a laboring while I'm I've just picked up this placenta from um, the labor and delivery unit for a client and you know they pick, come and pick up the capsules and I'm like you know breathing through my contractions <laughs> like here you go my last uh, customer and, or client and then um, I called the midwives and a midwife and she came everyone went like everyone else was sleeping and she came my mom was there and I and my sister-in-law was there and my she was a I hired her as a doula but not really she was more like a photographer um like birth photographer Mm -hmm. she was there and then my husband was there and of course I'm in denial like what if I'm not really laboring what if this not really it um, my contractions are kind of all over the place, but I told her that I never reached 10 centimeters. I told my midwife that I never reached 10 centimeters. You know, it takes me forever to get to four and then boom, the baby's out. You know, like I'm just very unpredictable. I'm atypical when it comes to birthing and I don't follow a book. And, and she, the one thing that I really didn't want them to do is check me. I said, there's no point in checking me how dilated I am because it doesn't mean anything. And I was, so midnight I would start laboring and around five o'clock. No, I don't actually remember. I just remember being on the couch and my midwife was at never, never. She was doubting that I was progressing I think, but she never told me that. And I think that was very lovely of her that she had her doubts, but she would whisper them to my husband, like say, is this normal? And then my husband would say, yes, she's laboring. She's very quiet and she looks like she's falling asleep, but she's, she's definitely in labor. And, and she'd be like, okay, I trust you. And and that an must hour have been would really be. nice to, to for him yeah. to be able to hear to in that room feel because you can feel when that's happening. Yeah. So oh, that's awesome. 
yeah so my husband was reassuring <laughs> the midwife that this was normal <laughs> and I think she was fairly new midwife too so she wasn't cocky at all um you know like what I what I mean is that she didn't know it all you know like she didn't have that attitude like I'm a midwife I know it all like she was still learning like this is a new experience and and uh I I just remember she would say okay you know it's been six hours and I would really like to check you to see and I told her but it doesn't mean anything and she's like I understand that and I don't really remember how the conversation went but she she said not for my sake, but for her sake, or I don't know what it was. And I said, fine, you could check how dilated I am. And she said, you're about five centimeters and I can feel a water bag. And, you know, like, I feel like all my births are a blur, but I was on the couch and I get really, really hot and nauseous. And so all I want to do is be covered in ice in ice water and chew ice and I remember like my sister-in-law and my mother just dipping washcloths and ice buckets and like rubbing my legs and my chest and my head <laughs> and my neck and my underarm and I'm just like I want more ice like if I could go ice swimming you know and 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 then I relaxed a little bit and you know, my husband says I go into a zone where I just kind of doze off. And sure enough, the moment I kind of start dozing off, I'm like, baby's coming, my waters break, and, you know, I'm screaming, <laughs> you know, and my my uh, husband is, is catching the baby. He caught actually number four as well. Amazing catching the baby and I just remember wanting to bring my knees together and they're like no no keep your knees open and I'm like but you know every time I just want to bring my knees together and they want to open my knees and I know why now why I want to bring my knees together every time but I'll tell you that later and um and sure enough biggest baby ever you know huge baby five five so four eleven four Oh my gosh. I I love big babies. I feel like they're just so delicious. (laughs) I am looking at those birth pictures. I'm like, I cannot believe I birthed that baby out. Humongous. Humongous. Um, Yeah. Like long baby. And, um, but it was, I feel like that birth was healing from number three and four. Um, if that makes sense, like, Oh, for sure. It was just maybe not perfectly what I would have wanted because it just happened to be a family reunion that was planned a year ago, you know, like you can't change your tickets and stuff like that. And, and, you know, I had more people in the house, but you know, once the baby was out, everyone started waking up, you know, like I, yeah. I, yeah, like everyone, because I'm a silent birther. What I don't know if that's a correct term for it, but where I don't make a lot of noise, so no one was woken up, and it was only at pushing stage where I was screaming for dear life. 
and uh, it was nice. I had my children there and I was able to be in my bed and heal and that kind of stuff. So it was wonderful. But because the baby came out so fast, he came out so fast. Um, he his lungs didn't clear right away. So my midwife asked me if I wanted to go to the hospital and get checked and for him to get checked and kind of hinting that I can go to the hospital and have my rest there. And I thought, yeah, okay, that, that sounds nice. So I got my hot home birth, but I was able to go to the hospital for a few days. And get away from everyone and kind of just live in baby land. Baby moon. <laughs> with baby moon again. The hospital in my I had a private room. <laughs> I had a private room. I had a beautiful view. And he happened to also have a tongue tie. So mm -hmm. the doctor there snipped the tongue tongue tie. I happened to be on duty. So it was just a really nice <sighs> Warm experience. dinners, warm lunches. Yeah. <laughs> it was only like five minutes from my house, and my husband was able to pop over and stuff like that. It was, it was a, it was a good experience, birthing experience. Oh my gosh, yeah, that does sound. And then from there, do you feel like home birth? You were like, "Yep, I'm hooked." Well, yes, but then we moved to New Brunswick, oh. and you know, there's only there were there was only three midwives in all of New Brunswick um, when we came in they were inundated like not inundated but they had such a cue uh, like a list of women that were desperate for midwifery care and it would have been a great miracle to get into their care and in new brunswick you have to go to the er this is no joke er walking clinic usually don't have any the medical here is just so poor you don't usually have a chance to go to a walk-in clinic, but you go to a walk-in clinic and they refer you, they put you on a roster and you get a call and they'll sign you up with any doctor, a family doctor. And you're in their care until like 30 something weeks. And then they transfer you, your care to the OBGYNs. And I was, I was like, I never, ever want to experience that I remember I was depressed I was crying I was having anxiety I was like I do not want to see OBGYN um because of my experience that I had at um at, in in BC and I was <laughs> writing letters to the midwife um clinic just desperately like please take me like I don't know what what I'm gonna do you know and um, my midwife from BC happened to know one of the midwives here in New Brunswick. And she put in a good word for me. And the midwives here also have a preference to have patients that are have already been seen by a midwife that have midwifery, have had midwifery care before as well. And so they accepted me. And I was just over the moon, but I wasn't prepared because it was still fairly new over here, how clinical it was and how much of their hands are tied over here compared to BC. I felt like there's um, like the OBGYNs and um, doctors, they don't uh, have much respect for them. That's, that's like the personal view that I have that I've seen that, which is unfortunate. So 
in certain circumstances, they have to like transfer care to the um, to the OBGYNs. Um, like if there is a diagnosis for gestational diabetes and stuff like that, um, they would have to have co like a co-care or, or transfer care. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of a little bit similar here in Ontario. Like you don't see your midwife and or your OB until you're almost, I think in the third trimester. Um, If you don't get into midwifery, you would go, it's a little bit later you see them. And I always think, Oh, like it, I can kind of understand because the OBs have such a big workload, but you miss so much of that personal connection by oh, not seeing yeah. that person. Right. Yeah. It's kind of sad a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I actually, it feels so clinical. It feels kind of like we're cows and we're just, our visits are five minutes long and they tell you everything that can go wrong and it's so not, there's no, there's no relationship building it. I find that the talks are usually like, here's the worst case scenarios. And what do you want to do about it? But I've had to really like learn the lingo and really build a backbone and really be courageous to just be honest of what I want and not worried if I'm offending anyone or is this okay if I feel this way or you know like just be upfront because I've learned that all they they have to the midwives and the OBGYNs you know have to cover their bases you know and they have to say certain things because if they don't if they haven't shared that information with you they'll get in trouble and and then you say yay or nay and they're like okay and they move on but in rare instances they're like are you sure about that you know and then you're like well I was I was sure about it until you asked me if I was sure about it (laughs) and now your doubt is making me doubt yeah (laughs) and I'm just like okay Mm -hmm. I don't like this anymore you know but I was looking forward to a home birth and I just knew that so I went and did that glucose test again and um it was point something above, like it was a little bit more than with number four. Um, But I told them, you know, I can control it with diet and exercise like I did last time. And I did, but because it, New Brunswick has different rules. You can't just check yourself out of the clinic, the diabetes clinic like that. And they still want to induce you and you still see OBGYN while you see the midwives and they still want to induce you. And, and I remember getting a call from the LBG one saying that I'm making a big mistake because I'm not getting induced at 40 weeks. And um, I just was like, I appreciate it. I appreciate that you're calling me and you're sharing this information with me. Um, And thank you. I'll take this information and, you know, process it basically. Um, but I knew I'm like, I'm not getting induced. Like I'm so afraid of inductions that I'd rather be uh, wheeled into the operating room and have a C-section. That's how I felt. I mean, it's awful. Like I was just so afraid of the pain because I've had these dreamy manageable births and I don't want to go back to 
that synthetic pain, you know, that I can't counterbalance. So, um, yeah, so, um, but unfortunately I was 41 something and I woke up and I felt like that my waters had broken and I went to the bathroom to check and I, there was blood came out of me into the bath, into the toilet. And I, I, it really scared me. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Cause the only thing that I can think of if I'm bleeding now is that there's a placenta abruption. And, um, I think I was, um, at the hospital, like in 10 minutes from the moment I figured I, like I saw that blood and I called my midwife and, and we met at the labor and delivery and they checked me and they couldn't, they did the ultrasound on me and they couldn't see anything. And I wasn't bleeding anymore. It was just that initial flow of blood, but they didn't know what it was and they were worried about it. And they said that they had to, the midwives had to discuss this with the OBGYNs that were on call. And they said, we definitely need to induce her. And I said, but I'm, I, I'm not bleeding. The ultrasound, you cannot see anything's wrong with the uh, placenta, the umbilical cord flow as well. You know, baby's moving, heart rate, everything's like really good, you know? Um, it could have been that I dilated and some, you know, like the, um, what do you call it? Capillaries or well, the small veins ruptured or something like there's yep, no, I think that's right. I think you've got the right word. Yeah. There's no explanation, but, but they always think, what if it's the worst thing, right? What if, what if it's something really bad? Um, um, and if, if the placenta goes, it goes like it'll go so fast and there's no saving. And, um, and I'm like, okay, they're like, are you okay if we rupture your waters? And I'm like, I'm okay with that. And, uh, and they ruptured my waters and sure enough, slowly after that, I went to, you know, I went into labor, um, more like more contractions and they put me into the like labor laboring room. So small. I couldn't believe it. I'm so spoiled in Finland and in BC with these beautiful birthing rooms. And here I am like in New Brun New Brunswick in this birthing room thinking, is this where you check me? Is this like a checking room? Because <laughs> my birth in this closet, like you know, you were rubbing shoulders and oh no and way. Like, yeah. yeah. They're like, yeah, this is this is the birthing room. And I'm like, wow. Oh my wow. God. I feel like a triage deflating moment. I'm just okay. like, this is and I just remember every time the uh the midwife would come in to check me, um, my contractions would stop. And I said, you know. This is, this is not you. This is me. Like, or maybe it is you, you know, but you have to go because I'm having contractions when you're not here. Uh, um, but the moment you enter the room, it's like crickets. And she's like, no problem. I'll just go next door and read a book or go for a nap or something. Call me if you need me. 
in, there was that nurse that's there and she's checking the vitals. Everything seems fine. Um, because they ruptured my waters, I think that the umbilical cord was pinched in a certain way that if I leaned forward, um, the umbilical cord was pinched. So I couldn't go on my hands and knees or anything like that. Like I had to lean back and baby was also sunny side up. So it was quite painful, but I was able to do my usual, go into my zone, um, make everyone doubt that I was in labor like I normally do. <laughs> um, and, and my husband's like, okay, this is number six now. Now I can tell you that like, this is how things go, you know, and, and reassuring everyone that, yes, she's in labor, but because, you know, I'm still, the midwife kept saying she has concerns that I'm not progressing. She has concerns. She has some concerns. She was very verbal about it. And I'm like, this is normal. This is how we birth, you know, like I'm reassuring my midwife and, and, um, and uh, sure enough, I'm in this half sitting position on the bed and I turn around and I start nodding off and my husband's trying to get her attention. Like the baby's going to be here any minute, you know, and she's probably thinking about, what she's going to have for dinner tomorrow, whatever, but she wasn't, they weren't, she wasn't getting her eye contact, you know, and, and uh, I had my next contraction and sure enough, I rolled to my back or sitting and I said, the baby's coming. And, and she's like, Oh really? Like so surprised. Like, are you really, are you sure? And sure enough, I was crowning. I was, my husband was in a headlock like he normally is. And <laughs> I, birth the baby but um it hurt a lot like um wasn't my biggest baby but I think because he was sunny side up and I was in that position where yeah anyway I the sitting position you know like it, it was a painful uh push but I didn't have any tears I don't think or I may have had one you know, aesthetically or whatever, but mm -hmm. one stitch, but otherwise, you know, healthy baby, healthy placenta, um, just was able to, everything was, there was a good end. It was a, it was a happy ending. Everything was fine with me and the baby. And I was able to have my own room then after. A while. And was that room a little bit bigger? <laughs> he was a lockdown baby because covid happened he was born april his birthday's today actually oh my gosh i saw yeah. on instagram yeah happy birthday to him i saw yeah. that <laughs> we called him a covid baby it was like the first lockdown baby you know like when um so he was born lockdown the first lockdown in new brunswick and yeah, my husband was off um, for a couple of months because I closed down the gyms. He worked at Good Life and um, he's a manager of Good Life and they closed down the gyms then and everything. So he, he happened to be home too. And it was wonderful to actually bed rest for two weeks flat horizontal mm -hmm. on my bed. I was able to have my pelvic floor heal in its right position you know my organs were healing in the right position and 
So that was a wonderful, wonderful postpartum for sure. Oh my and, God. And just to be a family too. Like I feel like, you know, working, having, you know, a family that runs on the notion that you have to have a certain amount of money, right. And work 40 plus hours a week. And you kind of like live to work and it's nice yeah. to be able that you got the chance to slow down and really enjoy that. Oh yes. It was like, really, it was such a blessing though. Like silver lining, like it was scary. Everything was unknown. We weren't sure what was going around, but, um, it was, it was okay. My baby, I'm just getting to my best birth and my baby's crying right now. My oh. Husband, <laughs> she's like, she's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause she's only just like a couple my months old. She's just tiny. Yeah. So <laughs> I got pregnant then quite soon. Cause usually my kids are like three years apart, spaced apart. And, um, but you know, my number six, he stopped nursing quite early and I got, I was fertile pretty fast. And, um, uh, we were expect, we got, we were, yeah, we were expecting her. So yeah, they only like a year and a half apart or just, but he was born in April and she was born in January, mid January, uh, 20 this year. So, um, I just, I, I just knew, like, I knew how things were going to be here in New Brunswick and how they're going to talk and what they're going to recommend and that I have large babies. And the topic through my pregnancy was pretty much that because I've had so many babies that I'm going to bleed to death. Uh, there's this risk that I'm going to bleed to death. And um, they would recommend, oh, here. And I would they would recommend a hospital birth because if everything goes to poops that there's that proper care over there. But, um, New Brunswick had this mandate that if you weren't unvaccinated, you can't enter the hospital, like that I would have to go and birth by myself. Basically we have no family and friends here and they would not let, allow my husband to come to the birth birthing unit. Uh, my husband, you know, chose to get tested three times a week um, during that time because there was so many questions around the the vaccine that we wanted to take our time to to see more long-term data and stuff like that. So, and I was pregnant and I didn't want to take it when I was pregnant because there wasn't enough data for me to feel comfortable with it. And so I remember because I, again, at 40 weeks, I said, I don't want to be induced. They asked if I was okay of getting like fetal monitoring, like once or twice a week. And I was okay with that. So I'd go to the hospital to the, uh, like that unit labor delivery unit and to check on babies doing fine. Umbilical cord is fine. And I asked them is, when when I'm in labor and I come here is my husband like if he takes the test uh the PCR test is he okay to come in with me and they said no he's not allowed and I told them you know we just moved here two and a half years ago we have no friends and family here that can come with me that I can't birth alone like I, I you know it just I was 
quite nervous and sad about it. Like, what if, like, of course, if there is a concern, I would have to go there. You know, worse things have happened to women around the world that it would just be part of my path that I would have to take. But if I have a choice, I don't want to birth alone. And I definitely don't want to birth without him. And it's in this baby is just as much as his baby is, is mine. Um, and they just were, the nurse spoke to the manager, the floor manager, or the ward manager, and they confirmed that he was not allowed to come into the birthing unit with me. Mm. And I told them that, okay, well, I have no choice but to go home and, and, uh, and at the same time, I'm processing all the other things that the midwives had told me about, you know, because I've had so many babies and I have a greater chance of hemorrhaging and, you know, all this, all this and that. But I was adamant. I said, I understand, but I'm not going to birth without my husband. And, you know, I've, I felt confident. I've taken care of my health. Um, I exercised daily, went for walks. I ate really, really clean. Um, baby was measuring perfect, heartbeats perfect. Everything looks perfect, you know, and uh, baby was breached. I managed to flip baby around with the techniques, the spinning babies. And I just felt like confident and I just prayed that everything would be okay. And I just remember I was very depressed. I have to be honest with you. I was very depressed because I was worried as well. And when I was upset with the government, you know, that they would be so inhumane like this. And, and what if something bad happened and I would be to blame myself. And so I was processing all these feelings, but uh, at the same time, wanting to or looking forward to birth right um and i'm just switching <laughs> oh yeah no problem and um i just remember praying one morning just crying and i just had this this um voice in my heart that said to trust me so to trust the father the father has me and i was like okay and I remember like a few weeks prior to this, I, I was upset at the, that the, this was a case and I posted on Instagram and it's probably still there on my feed, what the New Brunswick government was doing and flip flopping and, and it went viral. And um, then the lots of women, you know, contacted me, shared about their free birth stories um, and doulas were offering, you know, their support. And I connected with a doula in British Columbia and also a doula that was an hour and a half away from me, um, actually the night. So I got some support, emotional support virtually from a doula from British Columbia, Northern British Columbia. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. and, and the day before my birth, I didn't know I was going to get birth. I had a Zoom call with a doula that lived um, an hour and a half away. I'm not sure if she's a doula or, or what I should call her, but she was very knowledgeable and been to uh, several births. And she said that if the midwives would not, if, if the midwives would not come to me to my home, that she would come 
Um, and but my midwives were planning on coming. Uh, they supported, uh, they provided a birth pool, all the birth kit, everything. They, they knew I was going to have a home birth and I, and they were prepared to, and they were supporting. Um, of course they said that they had to recommend the hospital birth. This is what they recommend. And I'm aware of that, but they will not abandon care. But then this doula said that she'd, if I wanted, she'd come anyway and that she would only charge gas the gas to travel because you know it was the second lockdown that I had this baby and um and I said okay and the next day I went into labor and I called my midwife and I said so I just want to confirm that is my husband's not allowed to come to the hospital and she said no your husband's not allowed to come to the hospital uh she tried advocating for another couple that day or the day before and they would not let the husband come in and I said okay well I'll see you at my house then and so they came and my eldest daughter and I had prepared a high tea uh like um dessert table for the midwives that came we had like like a catering table there we had good food for them and a place for the midwives to be at the in my living room because I knew that if I would be around them my contractions would slow down <laughs> so you're like kind kindly just stay over much. here yeah I was like sit <laughs> here and there's a lot of food there you know saving <laughs> sweets and they brought their knittings and their books and I was like and I'm gonna be in my room <laughs> I ate uh, cakes and cookies and food or whatever like was there olives and cheese and crackers and brie and you know everything like and it was actually the first time that I would eat during my while I was laboring and um and I was in in my room and I was on my ball and and every time I had a contraction I would bring my knees together and spread my ankles and that actually opened my pelvis and, you know, I was telling you with my previous birth that when it was pushing time, I wanted to bring my knees together and they never let me. And then I found out, learned this year that if you bring your knees together and spread your ankles outwards, your it uh, widens your pelvis. I, I, I actually can see the diaphragm, like the diagram that um, they yeah. have rolling around. I know I can picture exactly what you're saying, too. <laughs> yeah. And so. I was like, this is what I'm doing. Every time I have a contraction, I'm just going to bring my knees together. And my contractions were so mild. I was doubting that I was in labor. I was actually say, asking my midwives if I should send them home. And they're like, no, no, we'll just stay. If you don't have like a track, they were saying like, if I don't remember how, what the time frame was, but they said, they'll go home if I don't have a contraction in this time frame they gave me. So I kept on having like mild contractions and they came in, every time they'd come into the room, my contractions stopped, of course, and they'd come in like, uh, listen to the baby's heartbeat or yeah, heart rate. And then they would go and my contractions would pick up and my doula came and it was the first time I met her. It, it was so funny. I was like, hi, nice to meet you. You know, like I've never met you before, except on call yesterday. And, um, 
Oh, she has some crazy birth stories too, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> and so she'd come to my room. She was actually in the living room with a midwife too, but she decided to come, come into my room. And my contraction still kept going. So I was like, okay, you're allowed to be here. You can stay. <laughs> and then my husband was busy with the other kids, getting them the little ones to bed. So she was with me. And I think we popped the birthing ball accidentally. And my husband had to run to Walmart and get me a new one. And so she was there, you know, uh, when I had a little bit of harder contractions, she would push on my sacrum. Um, but, you know, like I was still talking, we're still laughing and joking to the very end um and yeah the midwives would come in check the heart rate her the baby and and I would not have a contraction when they were there and I'm like I'm really sorry you have to go but for some reason the midwife she started like unpacking her birth gear kit or whatever onto our dresser and I was like why are you doing that like you don't have to do that. I'm not having a baby for another couple of hours. You know, I'm thinking this. And my husband comes into the room and I send, I send my midwife away and my doula away. And I say, just go and relax. And I have a contraction and I'm leaning against the bed with my knees together, my ankles out. And, and, um, like my water had kind of broken that day, like trick, I was trickling a little bit, very little and then nothing. And, but there was this one contraction and it was a little bit heavier. Like I really had to concentrate and I felt like my, there's more water coming out of me. And I was like, Oh shoot. You know, I got my skirt dirty and I started taking my skirt off and, and um, oh I feel another contraction coming on so I asked my husband like can I just hang on to him like hang on to him and I relaxed in his arms and and then I felt the baby coming out and I hadn't even had bad contractions you know and I was like yelling like the baby's coming out and my husband's like what like I you you didn't even doze off you're not supposed to birth now like you're supposed to go through vomiting and then you're supposed to go quiet and then you're supposed to doze off and that's when the baby should be coming out <laughs> but I was like no the baby's coming out and so he's like calling the midwives and yeah <laughs> and they're slipping and sliding down the hallway trying to get to me you know jumping over the bed or whatever trying to I was crowning already when they came and I was hanging on my husband and the midwife, like the head came out, the midwife caught the head. Like she was squatting behind me. And, and I think I kind of blacked out, you know, a little bit because um, after the baby came out, like next contraction, next push, the baby just came out. And so did like gallons and gallons of water all over my bedroom floor Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was like splash pad, you know, like <laughs> so bad. And I think I blacked out because you know, all those organs like shifting, you know? Mm -hmm. And and so I went dead weight on my husband and he's like, Oh my gosh, like he was he was holding me up anyway and he was afraid that the baby would just drop out of me. <laughs> Nobody would catch it, but it doesn't work like that, obviously. But, um, they laid me on the floor, you know, 
Um, oh, that's and, so sweet. And they picked up the baby, and it was a girl, baby girl. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't believe it. She was my smallest. I've never had a small baby like that. She was 8 pounds 15, and I think it had to do with um just, um, like, moving every day and eating very clean and balanced and Mm -hmm. Um, in BC we lived in like Koreatown and we had like all the good food around us and (laughs) all the time and yeah any craving any baby wants this we live in like the sticks now so if I have a craving it has to wait you know yeah but yeah I was just like so supernatural um I think I had only like two or three really painful contractions before she came and I think bringing my knees together every contraction and my ankles out really helped her shift into place you know move like she was in like the perfect um alignment I had seen a chiropractor to align get keep my hips aligned um I just think that she was just perfectly aligned and she came so smoothly amazing and you had no one telling you well we, maybe we'll have to do this or maybe this isn't happening or you shouldn't be doing it like this right you really were able to tune in and listen yes and I didn't have any zero checks zero checks because I told them there is no point of checking me because they will tell you nothing mm-hmm. nothing um and I I just I I was like I don't want to be checked I don't want to be touched like they wanted to um hear the baby every 15 minutes they had a timer on and they're very consistent with it and <laughs> I was like but it was a very like chill birth um very chill and my least painful birth and I think it had so much to do with the fact that I was able to just be and do and eat and oh baby be and do and like do what how I feel and go with the flow of things and and my daughter my 12 year old daughter she wanted to be there she saw everything and she cut the cord too and and good for her that's amazing yeah she thought it was the most it was a very very she said she was like it's the best thing ever you know so oh my god I said well I'm glad you saw this birth because if you would have seen my first one you probably wouldn't have wanted to get pregnant ever yeah yeah it would scare you I told her I'm not probably the most realistic picture like but it was a beautiful birth it it really is and I said like home births are is the way to go if you can you know everything being all right and but yeah. I just I just feel like when I was praying, you know, before I was praying in front of my bedroom window and crying and I heard that voice in my heart saying this, trust me, I just really feel like I had a divine birth experience that even though I was kind of mistreated, we were mistreated by all this, this bureaucracy, like this, um, you know, the politics and the health stuff, you know, that... Mm-hmm but it was like counterbalanced by this beautiful, beautiful birth. 
Oh, I'm mm. so glad. And it's so amazing to hear like how different it really can all go. And even the same person doesn't have the exact same birth every single time, right? It all unfolds in such a beautiful way, I feel like. Yes. Yeah. So um, I just, I'm just so, I'm still so amazed how the birth went and, and like every woman, uh, and they're so strong and they know what they want and some second one and I feel like unfortunately with me like I've had to experience quite a few births and I'm I know now I'm I'm like proud of myself that I was able to just stick to my guns you know like um that I was I knew what I wanted and I know it was hard and they said things that scared me and hurt me but I was still very adamant about it and I did more research like that when they say that the chances will increase by 50 percent for example like what does that look in numbers you know like to um converse the, what they they give you they give you this information you have to take it you have to digest it you know and and I'm just really like thankful for like the people that like along the way, the right people are there to support you. My husband, like he's, he's awesome. He knows me better sometimes than myself. Like I'm doubting. He's like, no, you're at this stage, you know, like mm -hmm. he's just, he's really cool. Like we're definitely one. Like when people say to get married and they become one, like we're definitely one. And sometimes Sometimes he knows me better than I know myself. Oh my goodness. You guys were like the serious, a serious dream team. I love that. He probably like thinks that I remember my husband, he caught um, our second, he was there and everyone was calling him midwife. And he was like, you know what? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like I know all of the things, all of the birth things I know. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, although we do the hard work, you know, but they're so connected. I feel like emotionally, um, and it's it's their child as well like it's huge you know um and they're seeing their love of their life you know go through something like this and and like my husband didn't think I was going to survive with our first one he actually thought I was dying and and then to see him like handle how he's grown throughout throughout those experiences and how he's he's a Englishman so he's very uh, polite and he doesn't want to offend anyone and he mm -hmm. um, he he's very yeah he's very polite and uses good words he articulates himself well and stuff like that and he's also had to go like this is how she is you know like kind of throw sometimes that out of the window like no this is how we do it and um, be stronger for it for me as well and to advocate for me more and so there's been growth for like both both parties not just myself but him as well oh my gosh you guys definitely sound like the dream team I love that yeah so 
but I'm sorry if I rushed through my births. No, I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you coming on. And it's definitely cool to hear the different perspectives. Um, and even from province wide, um, it's just cool to hear the different experiences you've had. And hopefully, um, where you are now, maybe hopefully it'll be a little bit more progressed one day, maybe a little bit better options, maybe a bigger birthing suite. <laughs> And like more, they're trying to get more midwives, you know. Yeah. Um. Right. Their hands are really tied. It's really sad because there's so many desperate women that are wanting midwifery care and they can't have it. And there's so many women that have chosen free birth, um, because they don't feel safe. And um, a lot of women contacted me about that they have had free birth and. They don't have access to good care. And this is happening in our country, in our province, you know, and it's quite alarming. Yeah. And, oh, absolutely. And it's just sad that they have only an hour's radius as well. So like the midwives, their, their care, they can, if it's like an hour and one minute over, they can't do it. They can't take that woman into care. Like they only have that. Yeah. drive oh, radius that they're allowed to Oh man, hopefully they'll be able to hopefully get a little bit more, more leniency and be able to accept more. And I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your stories with me. I know that was a lot of stories to get through and you've got a little babe and you're so busy. So I really appreciate you making the time. No problem. I just hope that I would encourage women to like, to stick to, yes, surround themselves with right support. Um, and not be like hesitant even to transfer, like find a different care, you know, if they don't feel good or um, that you're not, nothing's like set into stone, nothing's written in stone that you could maybe shop around for like your birth care, you know, mm -hmm. like if that's, if that's an option, I know it's not an option everywhere, but yeah. And like, yeah, to you have to feel safe and heard yeah yeah well sure. supported it's important yes yeah it is very important well I'll let you get back to it but thank you again so much and um I'm sure everyone's gonna love all these these stories it's nice you can kind of listen to a whole a whole vast array of of it and it, there's a lot of information in there and I really appreciate you coming Oh, no problem. I really do appreciate it, Kathy. Thank you so much for your time. I know it, it took a little bit uh, longer than we had thought. I know I said an hour, so. Oh, no problem. It's fine. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Have a good night. You okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.